Steve Zakawani was never fun to <laughs> stick up against. It wasn't for Zakawani, none of this is possible. It's Steve. It's Steve. <laughs> this is so weird. Steve Zakawani. Hey, what's up, everyone? And welcome to another edition of Winging It with Zakawani. I'm sitting down here once again in downtown Seattle. Um, I wish I could say it was a nice sunny day like we've had the past couple of weeks, but it's kind of miserable out there. But still, we've got a great show lined up for you tonight um, or today. I don't know what time it is. Um, we've got a great show lined up for you. We will be previewing the Sounders' return to MLS action against Sporting Kansas City this weekend, but also joined by two very special guests um, from the Seattle Reign. More on them later. For the Sounders, the good and the bad. First, we start with the bad. Obviously, it's been a very challenging start to the season. Um, the more shocking thing for me in that isn't the no wins. I've seen things like that before and there's reasons you can give for in each game pretty much. Um, you know, red card in each game so far and you know, having to rest players because of the Champions League. There's been injuries to very key guys missing. So you can see why maybe they wouldn't have won, but the no goals is definitely shocking because, you know, even a really bad team, which the Sounders aren't, can still find ways to score a goal in three games. And they haven't done that. So that's the reality of how bad things have been. It doesn't get any easier going to Kansas City. Historically, one of the tougher venues to go to, even though the Sounders do overall have a pretty decent record against this team. It's still a tough place to play. It's one of the best stadiums in the country. To many people, it's the best soccer-specific stadium. They've had a lot of national team games there. The grass is very good. The fans are loud and right on top of you. It's a tough place to play. And the way that coach... Peter Vermees sets his team up, you know you're in for a game. You know you're in for a physical challenge. Back when I played, it was Houston, New England, and Kansas City Wizards at first, and then Sporting Kansas City, where you knew the next day you're waking up with a few bruises and knocks and pains and a bit more soreness than usual. That's just how they play. And they're in first place in the West. Already a 13-point gap between them and the Sounders. I'd have loved for the Sounders to come off of this bye week and be prepared to face, there's no easy games in MLS, but an easier team than Kansas City. A home game. One where you say, you know what, we're getting three points tonight. That's not the case with who they're facing this weekend. It's going to be very tough in Kansas. Make no mistake about that. The good news, the silver lining, is we should see the return of the heartbeat of this franchise when it comes to what they do on the pitch. Osvaldo Alonso, by all reports, is nearing a return to full fitness. Whether he plays 90 minutes or not, or 30 minutes or 15 minutes, just having him back amongst the guys, amongst the team, on that plane heading to Kansas is huge. He's a guy who, since 2009 till now, has been the one constant on this team and his play has been extremely consistent at a very high level. And to some, he's not what he was. And I think that's good. Ozzy would have heard the noise. He's a motivated guy. He has a lot of pride. So him coming back motivated, wanting to prove something is great for the Sounders. There's 31 games left in the season. If we see Osvaldo Alonso in 25 of them, I think that's great for the Sounders. It maybe knocks another guy who's been starting to the bench, but then that's why you want depth. That's why you want these kinds of things. So I think it's great for the Sounders to have him just with the team. Whether he plays or not, just having him back is great. 
of course, if he plays, we know what Osvaldo Alonso adds. There was a game, well, many games, but one in particular. We were playing Salt Lake my second year, 2010. And I used to hate going to Salt Lake, the altitude. I hated running backwards and defending anyway, and especially worse in Salt Lake, in Utah, in the altitude. And I'd scored early in that game and was having a good game against the right back. And one time I was tracking back and Osvaldo looked at me and says, no, 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 don't track back. I'll defend for you. Oh, it was music to my ears. And he pretty much told me, look, your job is to just go at the right back all day. I'll cover you. Come back when you can, but I'll cover this. And he ended up doing my job (laughs) defensively, covering me and freeing me up to have a very good game going forward. And also his job, which was stopping Javier Morales at that time. So having a guy who can stop the other team's best player and be your best player on the ball at times is a luxury. The Sounders have had in their entire MLS existence. And that guy, the captain, the man who makes it tick, is coming back on Sunday, whether it's 90 minutes or 30 minutes or 15 minutes, just having him around should help this team get a good result. It's going to be tough. It's Kansas. It's away. It's the first place team. Maybe the Sounders don't get the three points, but now you're talking about Nico being back, Clint Dempsey coming off of suspension and being back, and Osvaldo Alonso being back. That's three of your top players. This team should now be heading in the right direction couple of questions obviously can't get to them all but there are some here that um i did want to um get to before the sounder season started what would you have said is the benchmark to consider this a successful season given the start and injuries has that changed i don't think the team's goal should have changed as i said we're three games into a very long season i think the goal for this team is to get back to mls cup you've been there two years in a row no one wants to go home in October we don't want to be sitting around November and Thanksgiving and watching everyone else play you want the Sounders there I think the goal was to have a very good regular season and if you get back to MLS Cup to host it love Toronto don't want to go back there you want to have the most points and host that thing here increases your chances to win and I think that was a goal the team was after hasn't changed there's 31 games to go plenty of points left out there other teams will have their bad spells they'll have their blips it's good the Sounders had their one early and hopefully the team feels the same way here's another one obviously hoping for a win but if the team loses again and scores zero goals again how hot does Schmetzer's seat get um I think Schmetzer's seat is below freezing right now and should be for a while two MLS Cup trips back to back really like no I'm an Arsenal fan I haven't seen my team lift the title since I left school and I left school a long time ago we're spoiled in Seattle of course with the success we've had but no this is a man who has the locker room on his side he's proven he can coach in this league who's more sounders than him doesn't get more sounders than Brian Schmetzer they'll turn it around it's three games and you measure that against his success in two years and this is a minor minor blip they will be fine of course you want to win of course you don't want him to score zero goals again um, to not score so you hope that can turn around but Brian Schmetzer is the man of course and everyone in the locker room feels that way I feel that way from the outside looking in and you hope for three points but it's way too early to begin even raising those kinds of questions When we come back, 
I will be joined by two players who I'm personally a big fan of and I'm very excited to sit across from them. This is Beverly Yanez from the Seattle Reign and Jess Fishlock from the Seattle Reign. They will be joining me. Their season has just kicked off. We'll touch on that, touch on their stories and their journeys of just um, how they got to Seattle, kind of the hopes they have for their team this season. And it's going to be a fun time. So... Jess and Beverly will be right here. Stay tuned. Much more to come on the podcast. Rapino, it's a good service in. Stanley offer box the shot, and it somehow finds its way in the back of the net. Bev Yanez gets the goal for Seattle. They're off the schneid here in the 40th, and the home side has a 1-0 lead over Orlando. And the Welsh goalkeeper with her outstanding display has created history. It's the first point Wales have ever taken off England. Sorry, we're very sarcastic, so... <laughs> this is great. <laughs> we need more of that around here. We are. So we don't, are. Get don't ready. hate us. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be so much fun. All Get right. ready. <laughs> I'm good. All right. Welcome back to Winging It with Zakawani. As I said and teased, I am joined now by two players that I'm personally a fan of. And I think that if you live in Seattle, like I've said many times, you know, we have world-class players in our backyard. And not talking about the Sounders, talking about the <laughs> Seattle rain. And I'm happy to be joined by Beverly Yanez and Jess Fishlock. Welcome. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Yeah. Of course. Um, now I want to say this. For me, it's an honor because... And each of you, there was a time when I realized um, how good you guys were. Jess, I watched you when I was still playing. I came to a game and I didn't know who you were before. That's okay. I, just, I went there with a few <laughs> That's teammates. That's okay. I'll forgive you for that. Which, is, which means okay. what I'm saying is true. And I watched you and I'm like, she's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like the first touch and the speed of four and the touches. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. And I think I like tweeted something like, I just watched um, one of the best players in Seattle. And that was years ago. And you've continued to go from strength to strength. Thank you. And for Beverly, it was mm-hmm. even more eye-opening because we shared a pitch together in my first <laughs> charity game we were on opposite teams yeah and there was one point i'm like okay i'm gonna close it down and get the ball back. and i don't want to say what happened but I, I didn't get the ball back so safe to say i'm like for me it's great that we have you guys here um I'm in Seattle, and thanks for coming on the podcast. Jess, I want to start with you, because you just came back from overseas. Mm -hmm. You had a great result Mm -hmm. against my country, Mm -hmm. England, so we'll let that slide. But (laughs) Sorry. um, Tell us about that game and why it's such a big deal that um, you got that result. Yeah, look, that game for us was um, incredible, is it? You know, not beyond uh, us as a football team, us as a nation, that that, um, result was huge, as you know. Um, being English, that this um, well, number one, the rivalry, obviously, right. you know, um, there's that. But also, right now, they're second in the world. They're all full time professionals. They have so much money and backing behind what they do. They're not just the favorites to qualify, they're favorites for the whole World Cup, you know. And so, for us to go there, to go to England in front of 25,000 and come away with a point. Um, I think it's probably one of the best results that um, I've ever been a part of for what it meant. You know, it meant that we are in such a good position right now to progress um, for the World Cup. 
which I've never been in with Wales at this point because it's extremely hard from, right. from Europe to get through to a World Cup. Um, and it just means that, you know, the games that we have in June, we have three games left now. They have three games left. And I think we have Russia that's in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, we both have to play Russia. We both have to play each other. And it just gives us a huge amount of confidence going into these games. You know, if you can pull off a performance like that. And right. it was a... 1 to 11, everybody was unbelievable. And, you know, I mean, you've played football. That that very rarely happens, yeah. you know. <laughs> like, let's be honest here. True. Um, so to be a part of that and for your country um, is something that it was, that, well, I think is probably going to be one of the best feelings I've ever had um, ever and uh, that's 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 big amazing stuff and um, i think a lot of people here are going to be keeping an eye on kind of how that mm-hmm. team progresses and goes there um i want to go mm-hmm. kind of go back to the beginning for both of you um beverly how what's your journey like? how did you end up in seattle what path did you take that got you to the seattle rain um so actually the seattle rain <laughs> came to play against me when i was in japan so i spent two and a half years in japan playing for Ainat Kobe um, and Seattle came to play us in preseason um, and I obviously stand out tall blonde hair everyone's like who are you <laughs> are you American <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah that's kind of how it started they um, obviously that was the first year of the NWSL um, the distance from home started to affect me a little bit I mean I was ready I have um, 10 nieces and nephews a big family so seeing everyone kind of grow up I'm like okay the time changed the flight um, it started to to grow on me a bit Um, and having seen them play and see um, a possible opportunity to come back um, to the US League and now the new league the NWSL um, that's basically how I got back yeah it started off there how did you end up in Japan in the first place yeah. It's kind of the reverse. Um, so I went over there with an American team. The WPS folded. Um, they had a preseason trip planned to Japan. And oh. they said, we had already paid for everything. Would you like to still go? I said, absolutely. I mean, I just want to play. Mm-hmm. I right. want to think about the league folding. Um, went over there and they picked um, four of us to train with the Japanese team. And I was one of the four. And then they offered two contracts of those four players. And I was one of them. And they said, you have a week to decide. And it's a contract for a year. And so, yeah, I mean, I've learned a ton. I fully believe like the player that I am today obviously has a lot to do with what I did when I was younger, um, kind of owning my development in that. But a lot of it has to do with what I learned from the Japanese style of soccer and the movement. Um, It was all about everything off the ball. And I don't think I've ever trained quite like that before. If you get it right off the ball, everything on the ball is just a little bit easier, a lot easier actually. Um, So yeah, Yeah. then breaking down the game for me and I have so much love and respect for the Japanese style of soccer and the culture. Um, It is definitely a part of me for sure. So cool. Um, (laughs) How about for you, Jess? How did you end up from even coming from far away to uh, <laughs> playing for the Seattle. Yeah, real far. <laughs> um, basically, a kind of a similar story to Bev. I yeah. uh, grew up playing um, in England or Wales and England, basically. Um, playing for my national team before even going pro um, because there was just no pathways, really. Um, back home. Hmm. So basically I was playing for my national team against Holland at the time. I think I was like 18, 19 maybe. Um, and the assistant manager of the Dutch national team was the 
first team manager of the uh, AZ Alkmaar yeah, yeah. Um, in Holland. And so he sent me an email that week and said, look, we have a brand new pro league in Holland. It's being put forward now for the development of the national team. Um, so you play, will you come over? Uh, we have a tournament, a uh, preseason tournament in you know, the summer, we'd love to see you there for the trial or to see if you'll fit in with the team. And I think that was a real big thing for me that I learned real quick was that um, the fact that they asked me to come and see how I would fit in with the team right. before right, seeing right, right. me as a footballer was is has, was and is still one of the biggest lessons I learned that you have to fit in with the team mm. regardless of how good you are as a footballer. Right. And that was the very first lesson straight away, you know. And then I went there very similar to Bev. They basically threw everything I knew about football, rolled it up in the bin and threw it in the bin and was like, this is terrible. I was like, okay, you're right, you're right. And they taught me how to play football, you know, the Dutch way. Yeah. And... Um, I have everything to thank them for, for that development area. And then I went back home for a bit. And then Harvey sent me an email, very similar. You you have a week. You want to come over to the rain. <laughs> and at that point, you know, I mean, Amer- America for me, America is a place to be if you want to reach the best that you can be at. You can go to these different places, and I've been all over the world. America is the hardest place for me hmm. to be consistently successful because it's just it's just the most competitive league out there for women and so that's why i've stayed here all this time because i still she's american now (laughs) haven't quite got it right still trying she loves the anthem i do actually i do love the anthem i have it on my it's her favorite it's my favorite what i don't i understand is why no one sings you should sing huh? i'm like every game she sings she like looks around like Yep, oh, and it. we make eye contact. And she's like, "It just, I just love it." <laughs> <laughs> that is it's so cute. Oh, it is. Man. It is. Was it, um, was it always pro soccer for you? Like, did you want to do this when you were like a little girl growing up? Was it like that's what I want to do when I'm older? Or when when did that happen for you for this to become yeah. a dream? Yeah, so I started playing when I was five years old, oh. and I've actually never played any other sport. I'm atrocious when it comes to wow. anything else, um, so I've never tried anything else, but it was because of the pure joy. Uh, my mom said, like, every year for sign-ups, she's like, do you want to play? I'm like, yeah. Um, there was oh, just no man. interest in anything else, um, and then my mom actually bought tickets to the 99 Women's World Cup in Pasadena, yep. not knowing who would be in the finals. I think the tickets were like 14 bucks, mm-hmm. and um, turns out the U.S. was in the finals 90,000 people um we went um I just remember looking around being like this is the coolest thing I've ever seen like all these people out here all the women competing in the tournament and everyone loves it and I remember from that day being like this is what I want to do I want to be down there on the field um and I loved everything about so that's really when it kicked in so 99 (laughs) throw a year on it (laughs) yeah really cool yeah just for you because I grew up in England, London, and mm-hmm. for me, where I grew up, I didn't see any women's football. No. Like kids, mm-hmm. like we would go to tournaments, we play, and mm-hmm. like in the states, I see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for you being over there, where it wasn't as accessible no. or mainstream, how did you get into it? Well, I kind of got into it initially by default. Mm-hmm. My, uh, I'm one of six kids, oh. so you know, it's a big family yeah. and. 
summertime, you know, when your kids are all off school, you kind of just want to, you know, your mum just wants you to go away somewhere. So <laughs> summer camp. She, summertime, happy go love. <laughs> so my oldest sister wanted to go to a football camp. Well, it was called a soccer camp at the time. And okay. the funniest thing is, going off the back of Bev's uh, story, is that it was a Meerham soccer camp. Uh, Obviously, at the time, I knew nothing about Meerham. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. But um, I was seven and I go there with my sister because my mother's like your sister's going here like you're not going anywhere else like just go for the day so i go there and i just fall in love with soccer Mm -hmm. just and then by the end of that week signed up with the only women's team that was in wales Mm -hmm. or cardiff um and I stayed with them. I couldn't play a competitive game until I was 16. Oh, wow. I stayed and trained with them twice a week since I was seven. Up until 16 Up until, before you could play. Wow. I, think it was, oh, I think they let me play at 15, but wow. don't tell anybody that. <laughs> uh, I trained with them for twice a week. And then on the side of that, I would play for my the youth national, you, you know, you 12, you 14, you yeah. 16. Mm-hmm. Played youth, you 90s real, real young um, and then 90s and... And, and seniors. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why my national team means so much to me because right. they were there before my club, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, and and that was it. Like I played a lot of different sports, but um, football for me was was my um, yeah my love. And then when I played my first competitive game, that was it. I you know dropped out of school and got a job to pay for my football wow. and i just knew that this is was what i wanted but i was never going to get there like you said back home it was yeah. it was nothing when i was yeah. a kid it was terrible you know and so i knew i had to find a different pathway and i'm just so thankful that i that i got the opportunity to find a different pathway wow amazing uh you've both just come from training Mm-hmm. And one question I want to ask you is because I would get this a lot when I play. There's just people, especially like young kids, um, they want to know kind of what it's like being a pro athlete. Mm-hmm. So for you guys, what's the day to day life like? Like do you, you know, you train? Is it every day? Is it like how? Just give us kind of the picture of being a member of the Seattle Rain. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's different too when you're older. Yeah, <laughs> so different. <laughs> um, but gets worse. Uh, <laughs> you're in there for a lot longer um but yeah basically it's about a day off a week with Mm -hmm. the game Mm -hmm. um so we'll go training monday through friday we'll play on a saturday for instance we'll take sunday off or we'll recover sunday and have monday off um and then it kind of is pretty consistent with that i mean without the breaks and all that kind of stuff um but you come in we uh, about i mean I'm going to go off kind of how I do you it. Do we were best. pretty similar. Yeah, you do you. Um, I'll come like I'm an hour. And <laughs> I'll come in like an hour and a half early. Okay. Um, and I'll kind of do pre-activation, get treatment again. I'm on the older end, um, so I really need to prep. Yeah. And then um, we'll do our pre-activation. We'll get out on the field. Um, and then after that, we'll do post-treatment, whatever that is, ice mm-hmm. bath, recovery pumps, that kind of stuff. Um, so it's a good, what, four hours? Wow. Yeah. The older you get, the longer you're in there for. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's true. <laughs> I, think, I think we're both the same right now. I, yes. get, I get in there earlier mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. than I ever, ever. have, mm-hmm. ever. Wow. I agree. Um, just to kind of, I don't know, you have to take responsibility mm-hmm. in making sure that 
you're the best that you can be mm-hmm. and you can't just rely on life to help you yeah. get there sometimes yeah. you know you can't just rely mm-hmm. on your physical therapists or your trainers right. mm-hmm. you have to take responsibility yeah. for that you know and you don't find that out until the later part of your career yeah. i don't feel because when you're young you just feel fine all oh, the time mm-hmm. and then you hit like and your 20, body can do it yeah so you yeah. hit like you know? 26 mm-hmm. and you're like what yeah. is happening <laughs> what is this so true um so yeah so we kind of do the same thing yeah. and then we have film before mm-hmm. we go out there mm-hmm. so we have film pre-act mm-hmm. then a session yeah and, yeah, you know, some, I, some days you, sometimes it's hard. Like, you know, it, yeah, people yeah. always think that being a professional athlete is so amazing, it's so easy. It's like, tough. oh, it's hard. It's, it's the, yeah. the mm-hmm. doing it, getting up, yeah, mental Mentally, strength, physically. mental strength. Yeah. And, and the mental side of it, when you don't mm-hmm. feel right, is the hardest thing because mm-hmm. you got to just keep going because yeah. you don't you don't want to let your team down for yeah. one yeah. you don't want to let yourself down mm-hmm. so i think that's the hardest part though that you have to do and when it's, especially in the season you'll know like is the season at the beginning of the season you're like yeah it's great yeah and then you get into the middle of it and you're like oh yeah. Stuff, yeah and then the <laughs> hardest part at the end where yeah. you feel the worst <laughs> you gotta try and get the best it's, it's the most important part of the season yeah, yeah. and it's Absolutely. the hardest part yeah Man. You know, Absolutely. so Absolutely. Yeah. I relate yeah. to this. Now, but lots of changes at the rain. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned Laura Harvey, who actually coached in that charity game, um, and she used to coach Arsenal, which was mm-hmm. my team where I grew up playing. So, what's the difference now? Does it feel different? Is it different? The ideas you're being given have the team's goals changed and things, or no? So, what's kind of your outlook for this season? What do you hope to accomplish? You go. Um, obviously like uh, we will always and I think I can speak for everyone Mm -hmm. um, respect Laura and everything that she's done for this club Um, and having someone like Vlatko here has been unbelievable Um, he's such a good coach he has such a good balance of like demanding things but also like creating a fun environment Um, and it's very clear the way that he wants us to play and I think as a player knowing that these are the expectations of you and you have to meet those um it's very much so like a challenge but in such a good way because you know what is asked of you basically um the staff as a whole is unbelievable um you know we'll show up to training the whole field's like set out like you know they take it very serious they want a professional environment um and i absolutely love it um Mm -hmm. i'm having a wonderful time and um our goals for the season we want to win a championship we want to win league we want to win a championship we want to be a team that other teams don't want to play right we want them to fear playing us whether it's home whether it's away that they know they're going to get a game when they see us yeah um and so yeah i think for us that's the, that's the biggest thing yeah 100 percent. i think i completely agree with everything that you just said <laughs> basically just summed Woo-hoo! it up but um, <laughs> yeah i think you know when you have such big changes like we like we've had in mm-hmm. the off season you know there's so many different feelings that you mm-hmm. feel you know especially as we've been here for such a long time too you're kind of like yeah you know what's gonna be like you know it's like starting a new school right it's it's horrible it's a horrible feeling yeah uh but what i will say is that the squad that Vlaco has put together and the people that are in the squad just like people Mm -hmm. you know i said earlier that it's not always about how good you are at football it's about is your squad compatible? Does your squad want to work for each other? Does your squad put 
the team before the individual. Right. And I firmly believe that we have that now. Again, hmm. um, I think we might have lost that a little bit. Right. Just because we were all together for so long. Yeah. It was just We just got stale, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and it's a terrible thing to say. Yeah. And, you know, well, I'm guilty yeah. of it too. Like, all of us just got so comfortable and so stale. And, um, you know, the change is, is completely welcoming. Yeah. And, like I said, every single player that we've brought in is such a good person and a, and a good footballer. Right. And, you know, seeing everybody leave was, was hard and it was heartbreaking, it was emotional. But at the end of the day, we have been unsuccessful for the last two years mm-hmm. and ultimately we are a football club and we want to be successful. Right. So I believe alongside Bev that these changes will allow us to be that team that people fear, people don't want to play. And, you know, with regards to our style or what we want to achieve, we want to win. And so we have the players that will allow our style, whatever it needs to be against right. that opponent, we'll win. Right. Do we want to be possession-based? Do we want to keep the ball? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, possession doesn't always score you goals. Mm-hmm. So we will be, I believe, a team that will be effective in whatever it is that we have to do to win that game, because yeah. that is what we want to do yeah mm-hmm. a lot of people here mm-hmm. will relate to that because there was a massive change here with Ziggy Schmidt mm-hmm. who'd been this iconic coach I mean yeah. I knew Ziggy since I was in college I played for Ziggy but sometimes a change mm-hmm. can be what sparks a team yeah. and they had it here and the team ended up winning um, I used to look at the fixture list when it came out and circle some games mm-hmm. and then some games I wanted to forget about mm-hmm. like I loved going to play against LA um, they didn't have the great stadium anything like that but that trip for me the players they had I always look forward to the LA trip I used to hate going to Utah to play Salt Lake because mm-hmm. I used to hate tracking back defensively mm-hmm. and then doing it in altitude was even worse yeah. so I used to hate that <laughs> for you what are your favourite venues to play at do you have one and what's a venue you don't like playing at for any reason you want me to go? Yeah. I love playing at Portland. Yeah? I love it. Yeah. I love how much they hate us. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when the supporters, like, absolutely kill us. Like, I love it. I scored against them last year. <laughs> Actually, I scored against them, and then I scored an own goal. Oh, oh, man. But it was, what I loved about it was, like, I love the absolute bullshit that yeah. I got from the fans yeah. like I yeah. just was like smiling because yeah. for me that is what football is absolutely you know and that's what women's football needs to get mm-hmm. so much more of yeah. because we're still so nice mm-hmm. like we're like oh I support Seattle Rain, but I love Alex Morgan right. so when Alex Morgan comes I'm going to cheer for Alex right. Morgan you know and I get it yeah. but like for us to build a sustainable league, it needs supporters that just hate yeah. the opposition. Oh, yeah. We used to boo Landon Donovan <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. 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 You, you've got to do that. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I hate Portland. I absolutely hate them. <laughs> um, but I love going to play in their cauldron because yeah. I love when it's silent. I wow. love it. It's the best feeling in the world. That's such a really good answer. Yeah. I love that. Um, <laughs> On you, where would you love going? Um, I'd actually say the same. Mm-hmm. And it's just a lot has to do with obviously everything that Jess said. And then it's just a crosstown rivalry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. there's just something about that that's just so extra fiery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
that it just brings so much more emotion yeah. um, and so much yeah. more grit and and you can go on and on yeah. with the words um yeah. but yeah no absolutely yeah I, I think the reasons are great and i think a lot of people can see that and agree with that um in terms of the league like in mls you know we as players we always want more you always want to get better as the league grows certain things we demand from the league some things are good some things are bad what are some of the challenges facing the league right now that you see Hmm. <laughs> we must, hmm. I'll tell you in MLS for example we for a long time um, the travel has been an issue for yeah. us because sometimes we'll play a game and you know every other sports league that I know of leave right after the game mm-hmm. we would love to just get on a plane and come back but yeah. we stay overnight you stay there you lose a day of training so that's been something we've been pushing the league on for example um, free agency different things that like you push the league on mm-hmm. but um, I don't know if you have similar challenges or different but it would be interesting to hear what some of those things may be hmm. It's a great question. Yeah. It is a really good really question. Good. <laughs> I think I'm going to say that I still struggle with a lot of our scheduling, mm. to be honest with you. Um, like, for example, we play on Sunday in New Jersey, and then we play on Wednesday in North Carolina. Oh. And then we don't play until the following weekend. Right. And then we have another break. And I think this year we have a lot of three games in a week mm-hmm. but then a couple of like 10 day breaks and for yeah. me like I just find that really hard mm. I mean there's pros to it because if you have an injury you know you might you might get away with missing less games yeah. but also you might miss more games depending on what it is um, but I just feel like you just you know you just can't get a rhythm because right. it's so stop start um, so I still struggle with the scheduling a little bit I feel like it probably can be a lot better if mm. they really thought about it. And the, the biggest pet peeve for me is that when the TVs come in, mm. like people are really, really, really dumb when it comes mm. to um, us playing at 2 o'clock in the afternoon at yeah. 110 degrees. I mean, that We've just blows that, so, my yeah, mind, yeah, you know? And yeah. so I get the TV, I get it completely, but I also say to the TV people, mm-hmm. like... That's a terrible game. Yes. So you're not even having a good product right now. Right. So right. if you're going to focus on the product, give the girls the best opportunity to be the best that they can be. And yeah. that is not at 2 o'clock in the afternoon at 110 yeah. degrees. We, we've had that as well. In you know? Yeah. So yeah. for me, I, I think the league's progressing really well. I don't mm. think there's, you know, there's always going to be challenges. Um, and I think those, for me, are probably the biggest challenges that we face right now mm-hmm. um but i mean they're nice challenges to have if you're fighting a tv thing i mean the tv, the TV right. is great so right right so yeah. yeah yeah where do you hope to see the league in 10 years like if you're thinking in the future like more teams more yeah absolutely i mean what we're six years in mm-hmm. and i think there's obviously a lot of things to work on but i think as far as you know us identifying what those things are and kind mm-hmm. of fighting for those things and it continuing to push in a positive direction which i think it definitely is headed there mm-hmm. um in 10 years from now yeah i just hope that there's definitely more teams for sure mm-hmm. um and just yeah, a growth of you know it, it's tough. We're we're down to how many teams now? Nine, nine, nine teams. I had to think about. Yeah, it. close my eyes. Close my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> we're down to nine teams. You know, more teams means more opportunity. Right. For players, you know, coming out of college, youth right. national team system, that kind of yeah. stuff, to come in and have an opportunity because you know it was something I wished when I was a young girl. You know, I wanted to play women's professional soccer, and yeah. it's like you know I I want everyone to be able to try in 
um, mm-hmm. you know, fulfill that dream. And mm-hmm. so I think with more teams, there's obviously more opportunity. So that would be definitely something that I wish for because, you know, you go to the games and you see all the kids and autograph alley yeah. and all that. And you can't help. I mean, I go over there and it's just, my heart is just like, Oh my gosh, like I was you, yeah. you know, I was you like, it's so cool. Thank you so much for coming. Like, and they look up to us yeah. and that's something that, you know, my heart yeah. always feels when I'm there after yeah. the games. And it's something mm-hmm. that I'm very passionate about. And I think that having more teams would bring more opportunities for the youth. Yeah. Uh, last couple, but I, want, I wanted to ask both of you this. We spoke about the team, the league. Personally, what ambitions or goals do you have remaining in your careers? Mm. Mm. Uh, NWSL championship would yeah. be great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've only oh, just lost yeah, two finals. Yeah. Thanks, Laco. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be great. Mm. And I just want to get to a major tournament with my country. Mm-hmm. That's all I want. I mean, it's not much, mm-hmm. but that's it. Just a championship and I, you know, World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. I'm to retire, happy lady. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, it's just, um, you know, as I get older, still having the same mindset that you can always learn something. Mm. You don't just get older and you all of a sudden are a specialist at the game yeah. and you're the best and you're a genius. Um, just having that mindset because I've continued to grow and get smarter with the game because I've had that mindset. And so continuing to have that as far as an ambition goes, mm-hmm. um, that I can still, you know, whatever my peak years are or were, I, still I like come. to think I'm still in them. They're, yeah. stu- they're still to come, back, yeah. And they're still I coming. Have faith. <laughs> so, yeah, just keeping that mindset, having that ambition, and in turn makes me the best player I can be for the team. Mm-hmm. And like Jess talked about earlier, um, I think it is so important. And my parents kind of raised me that way that, you know, you can be a really good soccer player, but it's more important to be a good person. Yes. People will want to be around you, people want to come to you. It makes you a good teammate. Like that yeah. should be the focus. And I really love that Jess talked about that because I still think that's something that I try and work on. How can I be the best person for my teammates? Mm -hmm. How can I be the best in the locker room? How can I be the best on the soccer field? Mm -hmm. And those should go hand in hand. And and that's something that I'm trying to work on as I'm getting older. Young players, what was it like when I was a rookie? You know, keeping that perspective, being able to help them. The players that are going through playing time and not playing time, how do you help them? Mm -hmm. Um, And so just trying to be that player for my teammates is definitely something I'm working on. Great perspective. (laughs) Um, What what do you guys do off the pitch? Like when you're not playing... um, Uh, things you can see on this podcast I don't wow. know I love it I love it <laughs> not a lot I can say on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> on her sofa <laughs> she's on her sofa oh I love it yeah, very we, active yeah we do we take our rest days very serious it's a couch and Netflix <laughs> couch Relax. and soccer we send yeah. selfies to each other yeah. hey yeah, what are you yeah, doing yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on the couch yeah we're yeah. so relaxed mm. um well my husband and i just actually got a house here in oh, seattle good. so that's they also got a dog they we are, did. people asked i sent out, um sent us some questions and everyone wanted to know yeah. why you named your dog what's behind the name is there a reason or no <laughs> avocado yes <laughs> people want to know people wrote yes. amazing i love that <laughs> they want to know um so i put avocado on everything <laughs> so i automatically you know automatically was like this is such a cute name i think for a dog and mm-hmm. when we were looking every time we were looking at a dog it had its names 
you know, it's name listed in the adoption center. And I'm like, oh, it's so cute. Its name's Avocado. My husband's like, no, its name's Ellie. Yeah. And he's like, it's not. And so anyone that we were interested in, it was like, I changed their name just to be, you know. And so, yeah, I think once we got her and we went next door to TJ Maxx, love me some TJ Maxx. (laughs) We went in right away and found an avocado collar and leash. I'm like, it's over. It's a sign. It's done. How can you not? It's meant to be. And she has so many nicknames. Avo, Avi, And Jess loves her. She's not a dog person. We just had this conversation in the coffee shop. You did say that. (laughs) But I was like, like, I'm so happy. Okay, so we were just in a coffee shop. I'm so happy. And I was like, look, I don't don't really like dogs. But number one, don't tell anybody that. And number two, like, I do actually, like, love your dog, though. And also, don't tell anybody that. Fifteen minutes later on a podcast. Telling everybody. She's just like, oh, Jess loves my dog. She doesn't like dogs. I'm just so happy because I'm, you know. I can see it. I want her to like her because I absolutely just, uh, I love you, Jess. I'm questioning our friendship. (laughs) I love it. Um, You're going to tell all my stuff that I said at the coffee shop? I'm just waiting. (laughs) I ask every soccer soccer player this. Um... (laughs) Messi or Cristiano? Oh, oh Messi. Messi. Oh, it's not even a contest. Ooh, why? For me, not a contest. Why? This is why. Yeah. And I love Ronaldo. I think he's brilliant. Mm-hmm. He is self-made. He yeah. is like nothing but hard work and dedication. Yeah. And to be the player that he is, and I have nothing but respect for mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Because, you know, I think that I come from that mold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Messi is born All around. with an unbelievable yeah. talent it is natural it is unforgiving it is unstoppable um and to watch him play is just is just football you know and he he is football and ronaldo has, has made it yeah. like that like kind of a self-made it but he is just mm-hmm. he's just everything yeah. and he's so loyal he's been with barcelona he hasn't mm-hmm. moved you know mm-hmm. he's just you know and what he we watched his movie right did you watch his movie here mm-hmm. when he was in the music the movie no, festival no i couldn't go so we, i watched his movie and to see you know what he kind of went through yeah. to to get there and what his family did yeah. and you know it's just yeah for me he, not like the story yeah. <laughs> for me he is he is the best out of those but that does not mean to say that Cristiano is yeah. phenomenal right. yeah. you know no i definitely right. agree with that i think yeah. ronaldo is definitely special i mean He's yeah. world class. I mean, yeah. he's an unbelievable player. So good at what he does. Um, for me, I'm just not like into the flashy, like, yeah. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah. yeah. And he's so good at it. It's yeah. his game. It's what he, yeah. it, you know, but for me, Messi's an all around footballer. Yeah. He can do it all. Yeah. The change of direction, the burst of speed, like, he's unbelievable. And you watch him and you're just like, there is nobody else yeah. like no. him. Yeah. No. There's nobody else yeah. like him. Yeah. I have to agree. I'm a messy yeah. person myself. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I agree what a with podcast. You. <laughs> <laughs> Last but not least, you have a game this weekend. Yeah. Um, who are you playing? And tell us about that, and we'll try and get. Is it home game? No. No. You're away? We're on the road for a month. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's try that again. So, see you yeah. next yeah. month. You have a game. Yeah. <laughs> see you in a couple of months. See you, see you never. Yeah. You have a game this weekend. Um, tell us about this game coming up, kind of where the season just started, where the team's at. Um, and yeah, just talk about your opponent coming up. Go on, off you go. 
<laughs> I love it. Um, okay, so yeah, we're headed to New Jersey this Correct. weekend. Um, and just continuing to um, push off of our first game. We've obviously, you know, had one game now for the 2018 season and pushing off of what we did well and what we can be better at and focusing on um, how to break the opposing team down. And, you know, I, I think we, again, have such an amazing squad on and off the pitch that we are working our butts off to make sure that we are prepared for this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, we play uh, New Jersey, and, you know, they've just had an overhaul like us. Okay. Um, you know, there's been a couple of teams this year that just kind of ripped up their game book and, and started again, and um, they look good, you know. They look very strong. They had a good first game against North Carolina. So it's going to be a very difficult game for us. First road trip, which is always, you know, could go one way or the other. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, and, you know, we all our team well a lot of our players went away on international duty so you know we just have basically two training sessions um to get ready so uh, you know it'll be again like a like a start of a season almost you know we'll try and build on washington but it was a long time ago Mm -hmm. so um i just hope that we start you know start where we started off in in washington and and Mm -hmm. keep building i think it's important for us to be realistic with you know there's we want to play in a very high pressing you know very intense way that there's going to be times where that works really well and there's going to be times when it doesn't (laughs) you know that's just what it is and we just have to be patient with that um and it's going to take a couple months i think for us to to figure it out and as long as we know that then the the process you have to trust the process you know new manager new players um you have to keep trusting and believing the process otherwise it'll break down and that we don't want that Mm -hmm. so i think this next game will just we have a lot of believers we do we do we believe we definitely believe i love it ladies thank you so much thank you you. what a pleasure to sit across from you guys and talk and i think people will enjoy that conversation a lot um wish you the best this season i'll i follow you guys results much as I can and uh, try to get to as many games well, as I can. Let us know if you want tickets, by the way. Oh, oh I will. Oh, I yeah, will. please oh, do. I will. I will. Just um, give us a little. We're so thankful. <laughs> yeah. I will. For we're so sure. thankful that you yeah. support us. Like yeah. it, it really means a lot. So thank you. Yes, I think so. And for me, the reason is, and I'll say this again. I'll say it in front of you. I've said it behind your backs. So I'll say it again. <laughs> um, it's not just oh, go support women's soccer. Support women's soccer. No, you guys are good. Like yeah. these are. Yeah. And we just had football conversation we're talking tactics yeah. talking playing styles we're talking like you know it's like yeah. this is you got you got to support that and we have world class players in our backyard I think yeah. people should get out there to more Seattle rain games I'll be there because I'll be getting tickets Woo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> what a pleasure what a conversation much more to come on winging it with Zakwani when I come right back thank you thank you And welcome back once again. A big thank you to Bev Yanez and Jess Fishlock. Really fantastic interview. Lots of insight. Lots of gems for all you fans of the beautiful game to kind of pick off off with that. My big three things heading into this week. Um, it's kind of all over the place. It's tough after a bye week because there's no game to recap. But here they are. Thought about these um, in the past couple of days. For the Sounders, number one is discipline. Discipline. Simply put, 
no red cards. Why you give yourself a chance? You're going to Kansas City. It's going to be a very, very tough game. It's a tough place to play. Tough team to play against. As you said, they are already 13 points clear of the Sounders. 11 men, it's hard enough. Going down to 10 or 9, it's going to be very difficult. So you're going to count on your experienced players if you're Brian Schmetzer. Clint Dempsey, Kelvin Ledam, Nico Lodero, Ozzy Alonso if he's out there. I would throw Christian Rodon in that mix, Roman Torres, Stefan Fry, Chad Marshall. It's a very, very experienced team. Have a talk with each other. Look, guys, it's frustrating. If we find ourselves two goals down, don't lash out, continue to play. We have a better chance of getting things done if we keep 11 men. I've got no doubts. Had the Sounders had 11 men in the first game against LAFC and at home to Montreal, would have got a goal at least and some points. So discipline is the big one for the Sounders. Number two, this goes more to the fans. And it's a would you rather. Would you rather win this weekend and play terribly? Like zero shots on goal. Kansas shoots 20 times and Stefan Fry stands on his head. You score by an own goal, but you get three points. Or lose, but play a great game. The passing is crisp, chances after chances. You can kind of see the team's identity and where they're headed. Which of the two would you take? The idea, of course, is to play well and win. I know that. But between that scenario, because for me, and I might be in the minority here, At the start of the season, there's some games you know you might lose. Kansas on the road is one of them. It'd be a bonus to pick up some points there, or a point, but it's a game you could lose. I want to see this team play well. Hopefully it leads to a result. But can we win some tackles? Can we um, pop the ball around the back and get the ball moving again? Can we have some flashy stuff from Clint? Can we see some passes in behind from Nico Lodero in the way only he can do? Can we see Christian Rodan in that engine room in the midfield winning the ball and driving at the back line and feeding his teammates? Because that would give me confidence going forward, knowing that in other games against other teams, that would lead to a win. If the Sanders can squeeze a win but play terribly, wouldn't give me much hope for the future. Again, the ideal is to just win and play well, of course. But in this scenario, I take the longer-term approach to see that this team is headed in the right direction. Finally, number three. We woke up this morning with a dilemma, most of us who follow this league, Major League Soccer. And the dilemma is... The Champions League. Toronto won. They'll be in the final, playing Chivas, who beat the Sounders and knocked them out of the Champions League. As a non-Toronto fan, but an MLS fan, or a fan of another MLS team, do you root for Toronto to beat Chivas and know that it won't be your team making history as the first MLS... Is it the first? I believe it's the first... MLS winners of this competition or do you say if it's not my team I don't want no one to do it and then kind of want Chivas to win that's a dilemma it's great for the league if MLS wins this one wins this final but if it's TFC who does it that's great for them really doesn't do much for the Sounders or for the Galaxy or for LAFC or for Sporting or any other team Where do you fall on that line in this dilemma? For me personally, MLS has already won. We saw Tigres, fantastic team, get knocked off. We saw Club America in Azteca, 
look average and Toronto bullied them over two legs. New York Red Bulls had like 20 shots against Chivas should have gone through. They're not as invincible as they once were. The icing on the cake would be for Toronto to win it all. But I think MLS has already put League MX on notice. But that's a dilemma. What do you do? That's all I have time for this week. Massive game for the Sounders coming up on Sunday. I hope I am back here next week celebrating three points and having a much sunnier outlook on the season than one we've had so far. Stay tuned as always. It's Winging It with Zakawani. Rate us, comment, like us, do all that stuff. And we'll continue to bring you great interviews like we had this week and as much insight as I can give you into the team. Until next time, I'm Steve Zakawani and this is Winging It with Zakawani.